Good morning. It's February 22nd. It's a sunny morning in New York, for now, on its way to another of the 40-ish degree-ish rainy days that have defined this winter. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, looking at the day and at the news. Bloomberg is reporting that the Rideau Canal Skateway, five miles of frozen canal in Ottawa that has been the world's longest skating rink since it opened in 1971, is apparently not going to open this year because the ice is too puddly and soft to support the 20,000 skaters a day who would be using it. It needs 10 straight days of negative 10 degrees Celsius temperatures or colder to open safely, according to Bloomberg. That's 14 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you Google Celsius temperatures to try to convert them to Fahrenheit now, you get a lot of results about Celsius brand energy drink, apparently. Here in Fahrenheit land, the front page of the national coverage in the New York Times is sunbathing in winter while the ski slopes melt. It's a roundup of all the effects of the warm and barely snowy winter across New York State. The Times reports that ice fishing derbies are canceling angling and toboggan shoots are screeching to a halt. The unseasonable readings have been blamed for several deaths in recent weeks, including those of snowmobilers and fishermen who fell through thin ice on upstate lakes and in neighboring Vermont. Buffalo did, of course, get pounded by snow earlier this winter, a result probably of the fact that Lake Erie didn't freeze over, so there was liquid water to feed into lake-effect snow and give them record-setting blizzards. But now the snow's melted there, too. The front page of the Times has, down in the corner, another little incremental teaser story about the Georgia grand jury that investigated Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the election results there. We're now playing 20 questions with the foreperson of the jury, who says they recommended indictments, and it is not a short list. The actual content of the grand jury report remains sealed. The district attorney, who would actually be in charge of issuing any charges, has not said anything. So there are just hints from Emily Kors, the foreperson of the grand jury, saying things like, you're not going to be shocked, it's not rocket science, and it is not going to be some giant plot twist, you probably have a fair idea of what may be in there. I'm trying very hard to say that delicately. Also, we definitely talked about the alternate electors a fair amount. They were absolutely part of the discussion. How could they not be? Let's all pause for five seconds now to not hold our breath. Okay, above that, we have Trump's PAC spent $10 million on his legal fees. It may have to stop inside the paper, in which Maggie Haberman reports that now that Donald Trump is a candidate for president, it should be illegal for him to continue collecting money from his political action committee to pay his lawyers. But since, as the article notes in its very first sentence, he has, throughout his business career, had a reputation for not paying lawyers, why exactly would he give it up? The question is, as it has been, who's going to stop him? One expert that the Times talked to said that payments from a PAC would be contributions and therefore would be unlawful once they pass the limit. Another called what is permissible a gray area. Surely the man who spent charity money to buy a portrait of himself would never take any liberties in a legal gray area. In other news, America's loyal friend and ally, Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia Mohammed bin Salman, has been throwing people into prison for years over innocuous tweets, which is better than cutting them into pieces. And the House Republicans have given Tucker Carlson unlimited access to all the camera footage of January 6th so that he can assemble presumably a supercut showing that no violence occurred at all. That is the news. Stay out of the rain if you can. We'll talk again tomorrow.